to another episode of Sunday Picnic Podcast. This is Christine. And this is Dolly. And today we wanted to discuss the topic of putting too much faith in our leaders or people we look up to. I think this topic really sparked with a lot of different hot topics that have been coming out. I guess it's not super recent, but it was like last year when Ellen DeGeneres was sort of under scrutiny for maybe being not as nice as she appears on her talk show. And very recently, Ravi Zacharias, who is a famous Christian apologist, there was investigations from his own foundation slash organization that revealed he actually was engaging in a lot of very inappropriate sexual misconduct and behavior all across the globe, not just in the U.S., but even when he was out in the Philippines and various parts of Southeast Asia and beyond. So yeah, we'll name drop a few more people later down the road, but that was the idea of what sparked this episode today. Yeah, I think especially with Ravi Zacharias, he was looked up to by a lot of people and a lot of people sort of came to believe in God through him. And so there was just a big disconnect in terms of what he was preaching and what he was doing in his private life where he was abusing his power and was able to manipulate people into covering up for him. And that came as a huge shock to people who really respected him. And it sort of sparked what happens when people who are in too much power and the fallout of that because a lot of people who are in power end up doing a lot of things things that disappoint us even though initially we look up to them so I just kind of made us really look into ourselves about should we put too much faith in people that are in power and that we respect when oftentimes they come back to us to disappoint us yeah and as Dolly mentioned he was super famous if you know about him Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're like a Christian believer and you you know kind of do some research on leaders and stuff he was one of the prominent figures alongside Mm -hmm. like Tim Keller who's another famous pastor and apologist so I think yeah Ravi Zacharias was one of those people very humble appearing you know just Mm -hmm. very uh, down-to-earth-esque and just passionate about God and like love Mm. and doing good in the world. And so, yeah, as Dolly mentioned, it was a huge shock to many, many people that he was doing a lot of these very wrong things, really. I mean, yeah, it was just shocking. But it was interesting because I think I'm at this age in my life where I was like shocked, I guess, but I just like moved on or like I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) you know, we're all flawed. But Dolly kind of offhandedly mentioned to me how she was extremely disappointed in him, which, you know, I I understand completely. And so I think in this episode, we kind of wanted to unpack that a little bit more, like why we get so disappointed in leaders and just sort of the hypocrisy that surrounds our kind of our expectations of hypocrisy, you know, because I think it seems like hypocrisy is one of the greatest sins in our society, like at least in Western American society, because if a leader preaches something, Ellen DeGeneres, as I had mentioned, she, you know, is always telling people to be nice and kind to each other. And then there's like these reports of how she's not nice and not kind to like her staff and her production team. Mm -hmm. And that was just such a huge, huge no-no, which... I'm not like standing up for Ellen per se. And also like there's still technically like allegations. I mean, some stuff has been like kind of proved, but there's still like a bunch of stuff that's not solid evidence as a side note. But yeah, I think for me, when I see that in just my perspective, it's I feel like sometimes we react so viscerally to hypocrisy because we 
it's almost like a reflection in ourselves. It almost feels these leaders are on these pedestals so that they can promote excellence and this is who we strive to be. And so when they mess up or when they slip up, it seems like our world kind of crashes down and maybe it's not so possible or feasible to be kind. Maybe it's not so possible or feasible to be a Christian. And so we mm. like kind of have this crumbling moment where we're just, are you serious? You can't, you can't be who you say you are. And so like mm. the world mm. just, yeah, it just shatters for you in some ways, depending mm. how much, you know, obviously you look up to that person. So mm. I think mm. it was a good topic for us because Dolly and I sort of had a different reaction to Ravi's, Ravi's investigations and stuff. I mean, I'm still disappointed, but I think Dolly was a little bit more. So maybe, you know, you could share what you were feeling when you first heard about that. And then all the confirm, confirmations that came out later on that it was true, that it was actually worse than we thought. And mm-hmm. yeah, what, what were you feeling, Dolly? I mean, I guess I was disappointed more from just, I wasn't super emotionally invested in the allegations, but I think disappointment in the sense that Ravi represents more than just himself. He's representing who God is. And when there's such a huge disconnect between what someone preaches and what someone behaves, then it almost reflects poorly on who God is and and makes people distrust God. And that is very, not disappointing, but it's unfortunate because that's not who God is. And if we represent God in a way that is not actually his true image, then I, we're being really poor messengers of who God is. And I feel like that comes as a big crumbling moment because there's so many people who are yearning to understand who Jesus is and when they hear about Ravi, then that can put them away even further from even searching for God. And I thought that's a pretty unfortunate moment. It's like a missed opportunity. And so I guess in that sense, because of someone as big of an influence as Ravi can do that, then yeah, a lot of people who maybe were through Ravi finding who God is and the truth about God, then they're led astray. So yeah, I think that's like the big reason. It's more than just who he is as a person. Because if it was just, I don't know, a celebrity, I would not care. Like Ellen, whatever, right? She's, I don't know if she's (laughs) a Christian or not, but someone who does act as a Christian, who say he's a Christian and who's like preaching about God everywhere, then there's an expectation that they should behave better than someone else uh, who's not a Christian. But yeah, and I feel like it's not just a mess up, right? He didn't just make a simple mistake, right? It's been going on for years. And even when there was a previous allegation several years back, he tried to sue them. And it's just all of these things. He never repented, never apologized. And that's even worse, right? But yeah, that's like the general thought process that I had when I was reading the story. Oh no, that's super good. I, you know, wholeheartedly agree with you. I think for me, just growing up, both Dolly and I were born into Christianity and it's been our upbringing since literally we were like even previous generations, like before us, like in our family. So it's very much like integral in our upbringing. And so I think since I grew up in the church, I have seen a lot of leaders fall like this. You know, Carl Mm -hmm. Lenz is another example. He was a pastor of Hillsong. He came out, he's like, you know, if you guys know, like Justin Bieber's pastor or whatever. And Mm -hmm. he came out with, what was it? What is it? Cheating on your wife? What is that called? Uh, Having an affair? Having an affair. (laughs) (laughs) affair. (laughs) 
and you know he's like all this like hip pastor like he has a like a really broad reach especially for young people and so it came mm. out that he was unfaithful and I mean it was a little different than Ravi because like Ravi passed away if you don't know mm. and so you know he can't really come out and say like he's sorry which you know mm. I hope he would if he was alive but obviously that would also low keep you to save face but mm. Carl Lenz did you know obviously apologize and stuff because I mean how could you not like it's kind of it's you know you're at a point where uh, you just sort of have to but yeah. whether that's real or not that's not for us to judge his apology but mm. I think stories like that came out you know where he's this like very prominent leader and then he does all these things and then you're just like wow how could you how could you preach about these things and I think for me you know we kind of mentioned this a little bit in the doctor episode like um what was that episode called episode two two or three uh, um, like blood sweat and tears Okay, yeah. In that episode, I think we talk a little bit about being skeptical of, like, leaders and, and doctors and stuff like that. Or, like, we kind of hint at that. And I, like, realize, especially after recording that episode, it's a very integral part of my belief. I think I'm just a very extremely skeptical person. It sounds maybe cynical to some people, but I think maybe for me, it's my psychological way of protecting myself from people like Ravi or Carl Lenz because I think... I see leaders and I obviously respect them. So like Francis Chan, Tim Keller, those are other pastors that are very prominent, very, you know, awesome speakers, like awesome pastors. And like, let's say, like, let's say Tim Keller came out with, with such a scandal like that. I would be very disappointed because I think he's actually someone I do kind of like follow more closely, like and Francis mm-hmm. Chan. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, what for me really inspires me is like, you know, for example, Francis Chan, he is a pastor of like a mega church in Southern California. And he obviously like could make mil- like he could make millions if he wanted, but mm. he like purposely capped his salary, for example. And, you know, he kind of talks about that, like why he did that and the struggles behind that, like financially, because he has a big family that he has to take care of. And he lives in Southern California where, you know, it's like the living cost is high. And so he kind of talked about what that meant for him and his relationship with God and how that you know really challenged his faith and when you really hear what he's saying it's like very inspiring because you're just like wow he is really living out what he is saying you know Mm -hmm. as a contrast Mm -hmm. to maybe some of these other leaders who have quote-unquote fallen a bit you know in their way Mm -hmm. and I think when I see that I just really admire that of course because I want to be like him I want to be someone who is not just dependent on status or money or my power and influence but you know rather than myself I'm depending on something greater than myself, you know, which is God mm-hmm. in my belief and whatever mm-hmm. belief you may have, right? Because uh, I know not everybody is Christian, but for me, that's just how I live my philosophy is in life is like, I, that's, that's what I believe in. I believe in God. So mm-hmm. I think like when I see that, it, it challenges me to be more, you know, reassured in my beliefs and, and ask myself, like, is that something I can do? And so that's mm-hmm. very empowering in a way. And so I think that's really awesome but then I don't really want to know Francis as a person if that makes sense like I don't Mm -hmm. I think part of it is like yes I don't want to be disappointed because I don't want to know all your flaws I don't want to know all your you know things because of course he's flawed like how could he not be he's Mm -hmm. a human so Mm -hmm. I think with that baseline knowledge in mind for me it's like I don't it's like when these things come out I'm just like yeah that sucks and I'm disappointed in you because like you represent something greater than yourself but at the same time it's like I feel like especially in in the bible like it's it's talked about how God uses these people that are weak that are sinners that are you know not great people and he like uses them and he is the one that's powerful and so I think in a lot of ways I just I feel very unattached in in that sense to Mm -hmm. leaders and like celebrities and people who are very influential because I just kind of reap what I want as, as in like be encouraged and empowered and I just kind of leave it at that because I think I have experienced that too much like in my life over growing up in the church like just leaders falling over and over you know mm. not not all of them are famous but some of them are like pastors that you know steal money from the church and everyone's like mm. how could you like now I'm stepping away from the church because I'm so hurt but it's like I think that's a reflection on you as well that you have to ask so mm-hmm. was it 
the pastor you believed in more than God, you know, because I think exactly. when you really put your faith in God, like it's, it is disappointing that this person's like that, but you know that God is like beyond this person. Like he's so much right. greater. He transcends like above this person's flaws and sins. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I think for me, that's like my coping mechanism, at least when it comes to spiritual faith leaders, such mm -hmm. as like Carl Lenz and Ravi Zacharias. Like I don't, it's not that I don't care, but it's like, I kind of don't care a little mm -hmm. bit about their problems because we all have problems and I, it's expected. And I think, oh, sorry, just to kind of re recycle back to Francis Chan, I think what he is doing about like capping his salary and actually he eventually moved out of his church in Southern California. And none of this is like, especially if you're somebody who like really follows like apologists and pastors and stuff like, you know, <laughs> I, I only kind of like we kind of uh, say over and over, we're like Renaissance women, you know, we don't really like dive too deep in one thing. We just kind of skim the surface in a lot of a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of passively, not passively, we just kind of absorb things here and there. But I think what Francis Chan is doing, he is setting barriers, not barriers. Uh, what's the word? Like, oh, words are slipping me. Is like temptations. Word? It's like, you know, like when you draw like a line, like drawing. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> He's setting boundaries for himself to mm. not become someone who is so, you know, engrossed with money or power that mm. he mm. will fall because everyone will fall. Like nobody is immune to what power can do to you. It, it's, it's like, mm. it's, it's just inevitable. So I think he kind of understands that. I think he has a spiritual maturity to realize that. And from what I see, I'm just kind of speculating. And so he actually left that church and he went off to, I think, like do something in Hong Kong. I don't know how that's going because I don't follow him super closely. But point is, is like he, he's kind of a nomad in that sense, because I think if you root yourself too much in one place and you get that influence and power and you can kind of captivate those people around you, I think it can get to your head. It's just kind of inevitable. So mm -hmm. I think that is kind of what happens to leaders and it's sad and I hope it doesn't happen too much, but that's actually why I don't really like a lot of mega church pastors. Like I don't yeah. like to follow them because right. I just feel like I'm going to be disappointed, which sounds so, so cynical. I know, but that's just the truth. Yeah. For so me. I, that's so true when people who are in power, they have a lot more temptations. And I feel like you can even see that in the Bible with the story of David and, you know, mm. him being a murderer and having an affair and those kind of things, right? But I think what's different about David and Ravi is at least what we can see. David repented, right? And he was able to turn away from his sins and realize like all the things that he was doing. It was something that a man of God wouldn't do, right? But it's unfortunate that Ravi passed away, but up until his last, maybe even a month before he was dead, he was still doing those things. And it's what does that reflect of him as a character? Because Obviously, I don't want to define people by their worst moments, but for someone who is a Christian, continuing to commit the same sins over and over again and not maybe repenting is something that maybe a true Christian wouldn't do. And so, yeah, it's just hard to reconcile those things. But obviously, like you were saying, though, when you look up to someone so much, then it's almost are you having faith in him more than God and I feel like that's a lot of blurred lines it's a fine line to kind of balance and you know I wasn't following him very religiously or, or listening to all of his sermons and whatnot but yeah just like peripherally I it just it's still unnerving because it kind of makes you look at yourself and what am I doing that I'm continuing to do that might not be something that God is approving of or maybe something that um, isn't in line with who I am 
as a daughter of God. Yeah, so those kind of things make me, like you said, kind of set boundaries so that you don't run into situations where you are in situations that you might be tempted to do something that you would otherwise not be doing. And I feel like that happens a lot with people who are in power. It's a very hard situation that they're in. You know no, yeah, I mean? for sure. For sure. I think like the power taking over is such a resonating theme in a lot of these leaders i mean like moving on from spiritual leaders i can yeah. if you guys know obama started a podcast like uh, Barack obama <laughs> uh, michelle, I mean, michelle obama. obama michelle obama started a podcast too right yeah she's had one I'm but sorry. um <laughs> she's had one for like a, a while before he started one but he I started see. one with i only listened to like half of the first episode last night while i was getting ready for bed but um, mm. one thing that just they just kind of like skimmed upon like i think they're just starting to unpack this idea we i didn't get too far into the episode but they were talking about like what it takes to be like, he, he's doing it with like a rock star i don't know his name i'm so sorry but um yeah. he's like they're friends i guess like that singer and then and obama so they're like co-hosting it i guess and so they're kind of unpacking what it takes to be like the president and a singer and mm-hmm. uh, like a rock star and he's like famous i just don't know i'm so sorry i can look it up in a second but mm-hmm. he they kind of talk about how you have to be like egotistical to some mm-hmm. some degree because like you have to believe that people want to listen you know people want mm-hmm. to know what you what you are saying uh, his name is bruce springsteen oh, bruce okay. springsteen yeah mm-hmm. yeah so they talk about how you have to be kind of egotistical but you have to balance that with like that humbleness because mm-hmm. that is the very thing that's going to inspire people to change or people to kind of keep following you and yeah. so i mean they're just now getting into the meat of that that topic but i you know that kind of fits in with this this idea because I think that humility is where you set a boundary. Like, of course, you know, with faith leaders, I think it's even more important because you represent something greater than you. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, you know, the scripture in the Bible, it says that you as a leader, you're going to be more scrutinized when it comes to the judgment day in front of God. Like when you have to come up, come in front of God, you're a teacher, like you're somebody who was leading people. And so you're looked at more, more tightly with more scrutiny because mm. you're leading people. So if you're mm. leading people astray, like that is, that's worse than just lead, like, you know, leading yourself astray, I guess. Mm. So mm. I think in, in that way, like the impact is greater for spiritual leaders if, if that's something you believe in. Mm. But in terms of just like taking it back down to a secular worldly, you know, yeah. level, I suppose, mm. I think like things like that Bruce and Obama are talking about, it's just very poignant to think about because I think it applies to even to any kind of leader. You yeah. you have to believe in yourself. But then how can you protect yourself from the inevitable sinful or tempting nature of, of what power can do? And I think, you know, just to call out what's happening in our government currently, I think that's happening across the aisle, like Democrats and Republicans alike. I think there are many specific leaders, you know, that you can name call that mm-hmm. this has happened to. They have been in office for so long mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they just think they're untouchable. And in a lot of ways they are because they've created that network. They've insulated their power into this bubble and there's no popping it. (laughs) Like no person can just come until they step down. And so I think, you know, side note, I really think there should be a limit on Congress, but uh, there isn't. So, so that's what we get. Like we get a lot of corruption that comes from that, I think, because people you just get engrossed in your power so Mm. you don't want to let go and i think Mm. it's not even about money sometimes i think it's just about that influence that that feeling you get from being able to control the outcome of stuff like politics or lives or for pastors i guess it'd be like you know you say something and people like listen and they they apply it to their life and for politicians it's like you can literally make a law so i think it's very dangerous it's very like we need to be cognizant of that all the time and i think encourage other people to set boundaries for themselves like keeping people accountable 
it's just so important, like in every field, every level, at any capacity, mm. just to kind of like transition or segue back to our old episode, our last episode about, you know, what makes a good society. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's accountability. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. And consequences, maybe, I guess accountability comes with consequences, right? If you do have certain things that you commit, then there should be some follow through about what happens when you do those things. Because yeah, people, dictators, they, whatever they do, nothing happens to them unless they get overturned by another dictator or something, which is why I think George Washington decided to step down. That's a pretty significant moment I think in American history where I'm not going to continue to reign for as long as I can I would just rather serve my time as a president and then let someone else take over so that I don't get too way over my head about what power does to me and I feel like that's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no for sure I think that yeah accountability is so important and we just need more of it I think we need more consequences for our actions like good or bad you know and I think that Mm. there's sometimes Mm. like not enough of that in our current society because Mm. everything is just about immediate it's just if you don't deal with it now I I feel like it gets buried under the rug sometimes yeah but or sometimes it can be like almost we can go almost too much to the other side not to bring it back to doxing or whatever cancel culture but I think that does happen where it's something that you committed maybe when you were a teenager it comes back to haunt you when you're 30 years old and I've there's a lack of forgiveness in and a lot of skepticism about people's ability to change and ability to grow and I, there's a there's a lot of fine balance in terms of what what accountability you should have for something that you did that wasn't all that significant or maybe you were like a teenager so you didn't really have your prefrontal cortex developed but how much you need to do for that years on later Yeah, no, that's a good point because I think if you flip it in a different perspective to apply the logic of accountability, it's like we need to keep the public accountable. You know, you can't just like cancel everybody. You can't just like (laughs) just because you feel like it. I think Mm -hmm. like that in a lot of ways is is like tipping the power balance scales too much towards the public. And when you have like populist ideas, like I think that's dangerous simply because there's not accountability, you know. you are just kind of reiterating the same ideas without really critically thinking how this may or may not really play out because like Dolly was mentioning if someone did something when they're in high school like bully somebody of course I'm not endorsing bullying at all like I think that's terrible you should not bully people in any capacity but you know your prefrontal cortex isn't developed it's like scientifically proven that you just are not at a place where you can really cognizantly make great decisions all the time and so if there isn't a time period in your life to make mistakes when are you going to learn? I think that's mm-hmm. the whole point of childhood. It's to learn from what you do right and wrong. And some people have that education and that upbringing. And they're able to learn because they have great parents or great community or great teachers around them to do that. But not everybody does. And so they do end up being terrible adults. But And those people exist in our world. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the idea is that when you're younger, like under 18, or even actually your prefrontal cortex doesn't stop developing until you're like mid-20s and, and on mm-hmm. for some people. I think that's time you're supposed to make mistakes and learn. And I think sometimes people get so caught up on just scrutinizing like celebrities, especially for what they did like when they were younger. And and I think Ellen is like a great example of this because yes, like maybe she's not as nice as she appears, but I think part of that is also like, we are expecting her to be like this superhuman person who's like always supposed to be smiling and always supposed to be like super, super kind to every single person. And I think that's honestly not really feasible. And I think maybe the marketing didn't come across like very authentic in that sense because I think it's kind of unrealistic to always be like in a chipper mood, which I think sometimes people translate to being nice. I don't think that's technically being nice. I think you might appear nice, but 
and kindness and being nice, it goes beyond just like looking chipper, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that can be a little interesting how, you know, people don't, people kind of associate that being, if you're smiley and all that, then you're a nice person. But if you're not smiling, <laughs> then you're not a nice person. I, I think it's more than that. And I, that comes with like maybe lack of critical thinking in that regard. But mm-hmm. if you think about the net good Ellen has brought into the world, you know, just all the people and communities that she has helped, does it really matter? I mean, I mean, she's not like a dictator or anything. She's not going around like trampling over people's lives. You know, I can't say much because I, I, I never worked in her production. So maybe like if I was one of those people, I would, I would feel otherwise. But I think if you talk about like the net good, which, you know, I know it can get kind of into another philosophical debate, like especially mm-hmm. Harry Potter fans, you know, Dumbledore, his days, like with, about like the con- the good of all and all that, whatever, mm-hmm. with Grindelwald. Um, I think that is kind of something to factor in though, because Ellen, Ellen's not going out there like killing bad guys or anything like that. She's not like murdering people, right? She's not doing something atrocious. Like she's literally just wasn't nice to some people or wasn't always promoting a great work environment. And I'm not saying that's okay. I, I don't think that's okay, but is it really so bad if she's also brought so much good and if she continues to try and change and become a better person going forward? I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that's such a bad thing, but I, I guess a lot of the public did because her ratings and stuff went down a bit. So, mm. Yeah, no, I don't know the situation. I only read like a headline, so I don't know kind of to what extent she promoted a really toxic working environment and whether it was just like a simple as simple as her not being nice to people or whether it went beyond that but yeah it's hard to know because you know values are super important and how one carries oneself even if they do great stuff if they do it with maybe the wrong intentions people look at them in a different light feel like we don't always balance out all the great things that they did and all the negative things they did and see oh where does the tip scale towards I don't think we as human beings are that rational but whenever we do hear something like that I I think it is off-putting unfortunately and whether she deserves that or not I feel like it does depend on what your personal values are in terms of oh one makes a good person I think that's like another conversation what defines like a good person yeah I think it's just I feel like at the end of the day it's like we need to be a little bit more critical of what we are thinking just in general I think it's just like working out I feel like you have to promote that in life for yourself no one wants to go on a run but afterwards you feel good most of the time if you're healthy and stuff I think the same thing with critical thinking like I I don't think it's it's fun per se for everybody like just as, as runners might, you know, enjoy running. There are a few people who do like those things and that is like their hobby. But I think everybody, you know, whoever you are, you need to like exercise your mind and your body. And I think when you are critically thinking about every single thing that comes, kind of a side mm-hmm. note, tangent, but related is like, I think this is why therapy has gotten so popular. It's because literally someone's kind of helping you critically think if you kind of know what I'm saying. Because I think what therapy really comes down to at the root of it is like you're facing your own reflections and your own why you're feeling the way you feel about certain situations. And you have to be critical about that. You have to critically think and look at yourself like, why am I the way I am? And I think that's that's great. Like more of society is is doing that. But I think you need to apply that mindset, not just to your own life or to your own feelings, but beyond, right? Like to leaders, to feelings that you have about celebrities, to the news, to everything, like literally. Because when you don't do that, I think what happens is you just you just become so malleable and so influ- influenced by anything. And 
I think there's a degree, like you don't want to be stubborn, but you don't want to be so like fluid that you just mold into whatever shape because at the end of the day that I feel like you're kind of a, a shell at, at what the root is, right? Like you don't really, you don't have substance beyond your opinion. So I'm not saying like this is you, listener, but I think it's just like for everyone, for ourselves too, like why it's important to critically think. It's like an exercise for your mind. It's an exercise for you to, yeah, really just like be a more productive member of society because if we're all critically thinking, literally if every single person was critically thinking, I mean, yeah, maybe things wouldn't get done as quickly, but it also be done better. I think it's impossible to like promote thinking for everybody, but yeah, I think that's just sort of like my this stage of my life, this is what I think is I just think everyone should critically think and I don't think it's <laughs> happening enough. And I hope, I hope that people can. And I think that was like part of the idea of like this podcast too, is to start these topics or conversation starters of like that maybe take more thought, what maybe are more controversial or maybe just something you haven't thought about, or maybe it's not in the mainstream. And so I think that, I think it's getting better, but you know, I think just like the more and more it happens, like the better society becomes because mm. in history, like this is the best time period, you know, we've ever lived. Like it's the lowest rate of disease and all that stuff. And the most like, technological advancement, at least like that we know of, unless you believe in some conspiracies of how like Egyptians back then like could fly planes and stuff. Um, I know there are like those conspiracies. <laughs> I didn't know there were conspiracy theories like that. Yeah, like hylographs, you know, like writing on oh. the Egyptian walls. Like there's like pictures yeah. of technology, like rockets. And or, I, they say I never like mm-hmm. went to Egypt, but um, yeah. I've heard that. So apparently like back then there was there was technology and that's mm-hmm. like how they built the pyramids. But anyway, if you don't believe in that and you're just a quote unquote more mainstream person, which it's funny because I said don't be too mainstream, but you know this is technically the best like time period that we have experienced in his in modern history, and I think it comes from people being more critical of of the leaders of what you know we're given, and I think that's like what revolutions are, and that's why we get inspired by people like George Washington because he did something that you know went off the mainstream. He was thinking beyond what his power was currently, but what that mm-hmm. uh, impact of power could be for him later down the road, and mm-hmm. as a result. Uh, result of the nation right so yeah it's just important that we we take some time every day to at least like I don't know it's funny because like I remember like events like um current events you know back in like elementary school we had to look up a New York Times article and like write about it it was like the hardest thing ever for me Mm -hmm. I was like I can't even read this article it's taking me too much brain power (laughs) but then I'm here like everybody go read a current event and and write an essay about it (laughs) because I think it's like important that you have an opinion and I think those those things are really informative really informative for you as an exercise to Mm -hmm. challenge yourself always yeah I mean it reminds me of this book that I've been wanting to read sometime it's called like thinking fast and thinking slow there are situations that call for a more critical time to evaluate and analyze but then there are sometimes that you kind of want to think on the top of your feet and not really think through every situation and follow follow through of the choices that you make so I feel like it does depend on the situation but when it's something even just taking reading news some dose of not really taking it at face value I think is really important but yeah I feel like this was a great conclusion to just the general theme of our podcast so I hope you enjoy it and we'll we're looking forward to maybe hearing your thoughts if you have any about this topic yeah we'll see you guys in the next one Bye. bye